Today's episode of the Sleepers Podcast is brought to you by a rejuvenated version of us. There's an energy in the building today. We just talked for like 45 minutes before clicking record. You know when that happens, uh, things are a little scary. Cart, what's going on? Why are you grabbing your head? I just remember Drake didn't drop. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Let's move on. That was Friday's energy. This is Monday's energy. It's a new week. And it should be a good week because if you saw the Sleepers Bets newsletter, which all old subscribers still had access to for the final time, and all the new subscribers to our Discord have access to, we went five and one in against the spread picks, off to a good start. We also had some legs, and we like legs. The long shot parlay that paid out like 70 to one. Uh, needed Florida International and Hawaii Moneyline. Both of those had a real shot with like a minute left in those games. And uh, the GTZTs the week is 1-0 as well. We're going to try and go undefeated this season with that cart. So all in all, I think uh, Sleepers Bets is firing on all cylinders right now. Are you feeling good with that? Yeah, I do. It always feels good when you do when you do the pre-work. You do the research. You do the, you do the hashtag analysis. And, and put in the work. It, you know, it gets a... Uh... It gets gets rewarded. Uh, I also knocked my cord on my microphone out, and I'm just going to unplug it and plug it back in because I'm not sure if it's actually working. Do I sound any different right now? Uh, So I was going to say, I feel like the people in the comment section clearly got to you because as you talk about every five words, it switches from the microphone to no microphone. I'm back, I think, though. It might be better that way than your normal quality, to be honest. I don't know. Wait, it what? It was entertaining, at least. Great. No, I can't hear you. I'm, I'm just an absolute hell right now. Hold you on. You can't hear? Car can't hear. No, I can hear you. Can okay. you hear? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't think your mic is in, though. It's all right. Let's just move on, because we can still hear you. It's fine. Uh, we said there's an energy up top. That energy has manifested itself in an all over the place episode. We have three really fun topics today, though, like very fun topics. Michigan got a pretty important commitment and there's rumblings. It could lead to another pretty important commitment. The Athletics Top 25 is out and it's horrendous. And then uh, our Big Ten topics we've been doing the last couple of weeks have been really fun. So we're going to do Big Ten busts today. We're going to pick out players we think are going to underachieve or underwhelmed compared to what the expectations are for them coming into the season. I'm sure that won't be controversial at all. Uh, and Carl, this is the first episode of the sleepers podcast. Since we've been doing daily episodes that we're not reading our YouTube comments. We both got a little sad though, this morning when we realized that's the case, uh, we're not going to backtrack. We're men of our word. When we say we're going to do something, we do it. Hashtag blue collar, but we missed the YouTube comments. So we have a little bit of a con- compromise. Do you want to tell the people what that is? Yeah, so because obviously you know us, and if you don't know us, we're going to look at the YouTube comments regardless, just because that's what we do. We were doing it before we even looked at or read comments live on this show. But as a compromise, it'll be switching over to myself, and I will be picking one comment. Uh, it could be any comment I want. I get to pick what comment one time every episode that will get read. So we're going to start today. And this comment comes from actually a frequent watcher and a frequent commenter. That boy from Illinois said, the Beatles disrespect is unbelievable. Even mentioning Creed in the same sentence as them is disgusting. Edit had to come back to this just because I'm still mad. People. (laughs) It's, It's okay. You don't have to believe everything that's said to you and everything you hear. 
people tell you the Beatles are great. People tell you you should like the Beatles. You don't actually like the Beatles. Greg's dad loves the Beatles. I don't think anyone else loves the Beatles. They're not that good. They're very, there are very, there's many other musicians, bands that do exactly what the Beatles do, but better. Basketball players back in the day, Bob Cousy didn't stand a chance because he didn't have the resources. He might've been good, but he's not as good as the people today. People today have resources, voice training, evolution. They blow the Beatles out of the water, production, instruments. It's just not, it's not fair to call them the goats when they were performing 80 something years ago. <laughs> Can you read the final part of that comment? You ignored one last sentence. Oh my God. I, I didn't even see that. I hope Drake's new album never drops Carter. Okay. That boy from Illinois. Enjoy Ty Rogers at point guard. How about <laughs> that? Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm already realizing I like this new thing. Like you're going to pick a comment every day. I like that too. I'm realizing you're going to pick different comments than I will every day, which is fascinating. I would have picked a different comment for the record today. And three, I like this because it gives us a chance to respond. Now I feel like uh, there, we opened the door for people to just like slander us and we had no opportunity to respond. Now we have a chance to respond. I like this very much. So uh, shout out that boy from Illinois. Good comment. Keep commenting on the YouTube people. That's the point. We will still pay attention. And now uh, you get the chance to win carts respect for whatever funny thing you say in our comment section every single day. But if you want our comments on the show in response to your comments, you have to go to the discord now, which is where we go next cart. Quick discord check in from you. How are things going? We crossed the 30 person threshold in the discord over the weekend. Uh, you still feeling good. You enjoy yourself in the discord. I'm enjoying myself very much. I think it's, it's great. The conversation has been great. Uh, Obviously, the betting banter is something that's great in its own, but I just think it's been great conversation. Uh, there was actually a pretty good combo going on about the athletic top 25 that we're talking about. So I just I like it. And I think it's a good mixture, too, of different. Uh, I'll just say the word personalities. Like it's not everybody in there just no, no, no. I'm not I'm saying it's not just everybody in there. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's it. Yeah, I, it's not a bunch of yes, men, I guess. It's uh, there's different viewpoints, and I like, I like, I like getting the, the differences in a conglomerate, you know, mixing up in a mix, a little melting pot. I thought you were about to say something wildly culturally inappropriate there. <laughs> That's why I was laughing, but apparently you just meant not yes men. Uh, yeah, let's get to the comments. And actually, real quick, I have a promo that I individually am going to run. Cart, can I drop a quick promo on trying to get people to sign up for the Discord? You never have to ask me to do that. So I'm making it my personal mission to get 50 people in this discord by the time the first kickoff rolls around of week one of college football. That's Saturday. That means we have five days. Here's what I'm going to do. We got 30 people in the discord right now. I believe maybe 31, something around there. Uh, I, I want to run a referral program that results in me giving people free jerseys. If you see, I'm a Jersey connoisseur. Uh, I got the connects. I got the plug. Okay. When jerseys need to be bought, I'm the friend you go to. That's been true for everyone in my life. I greatly appreciate that role. And now I want to play that role for the college basketball community. If you sign up for our discord again, nine 99 a month link in the description and you join the discord community and you also get a friend to sign up and tell us who your friend is. I'll buy you a jersey. I'll send you a jersey. I'll slide in the DMs. I'll get your info. A jersey of your choice. And 
as you can see behind me, there's really no limit. I have the connects. I can get teams, player names, specific stuff that might never have been seen before. The possibilities are endless. Uh, so yeah, let's work on that. If you have already bought the Discord, that goes for you too. If you're a current Discord member and you bring us someone new that signs up for the Discord and they say, hey, fam, 33 referred me, you get a jersey. So that goes for new customers, old customers, et cetera. Jerseys. Uh, should we put an end? We should probably put an end date on this, shouldn't we? I want it by Saturday, week one of college football. So you have five days. You have through the rest of the week. And I'd appreciate it if it was the next three days before I go on vacation. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So let's make it move. Uh, if you have questions on that, hit me up and I'll tell you how it works. To the comments from Discord card, starting with Fam33. He says, LMAO, I'm 40 minutes in here, but this is a Pete Carter Elliott episode. This man is really hurt deep inside. Just woke up with a professional obligation, but has smiled zero times and is not holding back. You, uh, you said it at the end of the episode. You almost made it the full hour and 20 minutes without one smile. It's very hard. I just realized I smile and laugh a lot. I can't help it. Even when I'm sad, I think I use sadness and la and, and laughter just to get rid of the sadness. But I did get over it after that episode. And honestly, when you're saying things, it's too funny not to not to just giggle. Uh, I feel like this is a funny space. Like I look forward to these episodes every day, genuinely. And uh, I don't I don't think I laugh as much outside of this hour of my day every day. It is what it is. Luke Man Cope says, let it be known. I have been in the Lafayette area for six years and I have never heard of Knickerbocker until today. <laughs> that was hilarious. And that's just that's fitting. That's fitting for our time in Lafayette. La oh, sorry, Kurt, what is it? Lafayette? La Lafayette? I think it's Lafayette. 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 So I'm just going to call it L until it gets enough sports bars. Not a math podcast here. Also not a pronunciation podcast. Koi, who is on his honeymoon, by the way. I hope Koi's okay with me saying that. But uh, our boy Koi just got married. Great guy. We have gotten to meet Koi a couple times in real life at this point. And uh, one of my favorite people that I've gotten to meet from college basketball internet. He sent a picture of himself uh, being victorious in jujitsu. And he says, trash talk in jujitsu is the best. Burying someone and telling them... Everything they are doing is never going to work and you are going to put them to sleep is fun. I never want to see Koi in a dimly lit alley ever. And I mean, ever. He's just so mysterious to me. I, and I said that we went back and forth in the discord. Like, I feel like he's probably served in the military at some point, but he doesn't like to talk about it. He says that's not true, but his dad's a Marine. I don't know. I just feel like every week we learn something new about Koi and it's like, it's like written like an author came up with this and put a little twist ending into it. It's always fascinating to me. Um, let me scroll down here. Cause there's a lot of just back and forth dialogue here. There's a couple newer comments. If we can get to them though, Trevor says, by the way, people who like IU basketball and Notre Dame football do have a name dot, dot, dot annoying. I actually did get the information on what that is. What is it? Someone slid in my DMs. Um, actually, I do want to give them give them credit real quick because I do appreciate people love to slide in my DMs and like correct me on my math or correct me on pretty much damn near anything. But uh Safreed, I believe it was, they call them reversible jacket fans or wearers. Is that that bad? I love a good reversible jacket. Well, didn't they send you a link? Because you sent me a screenshot of a jacket. 
Oh, yeah, there actually is a reversible IU hoops and Notre Dame football jacket. Yeah, my comment to you in text message was, damn, I need one of those. <laughs> that's, that's been made in a lab for me. I need that so badly. Uh, Jeff Parks says, for the guy's comment in the pod that only wants college basketball content, I would say Cart and Greg decide what content they want to deliver. If they feel that's a reasonable request, maybe this is a scenario. Sleepers Media Network consists of Sleepers Hoops, Sleepers Pigskin, and Sleepers WTFS We Want. WTFS equals whatever the F sport under the sleepers hoops umbrella. You have big 10 representatives locked on Spartans, boilers in the stands, et cetera, with a representative from each big 10 team, but they have to buy into the sleepers network. My response to this was Jeff. It might be time to let you run our life. Do you like Jeff's plan for sleepers enterprises? I like Jeff's plan, but when I originally saw it, the only thing I could think of is that on every single network, it's just us in different clothes. Like for the football episode, like I just throw in the Connor Cook and they're like, let's shoot over to let's shoot over to Michigan State basketball, Carter. And I just flip off my jersey and I got to cash the jersey on. And then we go over to Purdue and it's just you. That, that would be fantastic. Um, Yeah, I my only small issue with this is like, I'm not sure the locked on Spartans or boilers in the stands guys would want to be under the sleeper's umbrella. I think some of those guys like us and uh, we definitely appreciate all of them. We've both gone on the locked on podcast with, uh, with Sheehan, which is one of my favorites. I always say that. And then boilers in the stands guys are great. We talk to them like daily. We're huge fans of what they do, but uh, I don't know. I, I think people kind of like <laughs> people in this space, I think like enjoy us and they have to see us just based on how much we're doing right now. No one's going to not see us when we do five episodes a week. But uh, I don't know that people are running to line up to be under our umbrella, are they? No, I think it's more so. I, I don't know what the actual metaphor is. I thought I had it in my head, but it's like you want to be friends with that person. You're cool with that person. But would you want to go into business with that person? Probably not. The thing is, I am going to make it my life's mission to make us so successful that one day all these people do desperately want to work for us right now. I think it's like, yeah, ah. I'm too, I'm too petty too. If Purdue does what they did last year, I'm putting, if we <laughs> had the chance, I'm putting Braggs in the stands in a 360 deal where they're just in hell. I'm talking Some, night level deal. <laughs> Someone on Twitter did want uh, us to get Joe Jackson on the show, who is the guy who does all the film highlight stuff. We do like, I want to say that extremely Clearly, we want Joe on the show. We will get Joe on the show if he's willing to come. Uh, just need to figure out the right time and moment for that. Tristan said, in honor of Rudy Gobert getting packed up by Latvia, who is the NBA or CBB player that is the worst good player in your mind? So college basketball, I think, was a little bit easier for me. Um, there's a couple of people that came to my mind. Uh, and actually, I'm going to steal one from the chat because I think it actually does align. I like the Armando Baycott pick. I do. Because I think, like, obviously the stats are there. I mean, he's one of the – I think he actually is the greatest rebounder, technically, numerical-wise, in U uh, UNC history. But at the same time, I he rubs me the wrong way as far as – I didn't like the, the Simeon Wilcher thing at the start of the summer. I feel like – his energy is just not constant at times. And I don't know, it just, I don't know if it's necessarily led to uh great success. I mean, obviously they had the final four run, but if they didn't have that run, like 
Armando Baycott's whole UNC career just hasn't been that successful, but he's a really good player. Uh, so I think that's the person that comes to mind for me off rip. And I also want to say Tyler Kolick, but I don't know if that'll be allowed. I have the answer to this, and I, I'm confident that when I say the answer, you're going to agree with me on the answer. If it's A.J. Hogard, I will unplug this. No, I think we've talked about this person before on the show. In fact, I think we've talked about him and said directly he's either the best bad player or the worst good player. It's Arthur Kaluma. We have Ooh. we have no idea. I have no idea if he's the best of all time bad basketball player or if he's the worst of all time good basketball. But it's one of the two. Like he's not objectively good and he's not objectively bad. Um, and I think I think Baycott is objectively good. That would be my pushback. I think he's unlikable, but I think he's objectively a good productive college basketball player in a way that you can't argue. I would say the same for Kolick, even though we didn't really talk about him. Kaluma, like the production hasn't been there. It's always been an idea and he'll have a game where he's crazy. But then in reality, you look back, he's averaging like 10 and four. Like that's, those are like Malik Hall numbers and he's Arthur Kaluma. So had, had to pick Malik Hall, huh? I just, those are the numbers, man. I'm just saying, but great question. I feel like we could have spent an entire episode on naming. Good, do, you, do you have an NBA players. player for that? No, I don't. Do you? painted to say, but is it, is it Towns? Yeah, Towns is a good one in that category for sure. I don't know why my head immediately went to Pistons, and I want, I want to say Jaden Ivey. <laughs> or also, uh, you actually want to know who might be my pick, and I hate this because I love him as a player, but it might be Bones Island. Yeah, I Bones might not be good enough to be bad good. Bones might just be like he's a bench guy. Okay. But I but I feel like the whole thing around Bones is that he's not like that's the reason he left the Nuggets because he was sick yeah. of being a bench guy. Yeah, but he's just a bench guy who's sick of being a bench guy. That doesn't make him good, okay. you know. That's like Jordan Jordan Poole would be one. Is Jordan Poole good? He has the numbers of a good basketball player. Is he good? I don't know. I don't know. Is he just handsome like Sam Hartman? I don't know. Sam Hartman's good. <laughs> he is good. We learned that this weekend. D Rose. Uh, SAT said without Porzingis is even crazier, by the way, in talking about uh, France losing to Latvia. Can I, can, I admit, can I talk about something just really quick there? Sure. Uh, and this, this had a conversation to do that me and Greg actually had before we got on here. But I basically really wanted to pick um, in soccer. I wanted Aston Villa and Man City Moneyline. That's who I really wanted. But I, Man City Moneyline was so high that I wanted to throw in something else to lower the odds a little bit. So I was like, huh? Oh, Latvia, you know, no Porzingis. They got Bertrands. France coming off a loss to Canada. Maybe they want to show something. I'll throw, I'll throw, uh, I'll throw France money line into the parlay. They proceed to blow like a 10.4 quarter lead and absolutely just get eliminated from the FIBA playoffs. And I lose my parlay. Yeah. That comes back to, again, our off-camera conversation. We spent about 20 minutes on this morning. No more parlays. This we is can't... somehow Killian Hayes' fault. So, actually, I take that back. Not no more parlays. Still parlays. But parlays need to be 20% of my bets, not 80% of my bets. And uh, no more, like, throwing in a minus 1,100 winner just to try to improve the odds. Just bet the bet. Like, if San Diego State Moneyline wins... I win my bet. I don't, I'm not waiting on France to beat Latvia. 
Like we, we got to fix that. That's on us. That's not even on France. Fam 33 says the best trash talk segment is all time. You got D three cart in his bag over a holiday break, followed up with two tennis stories, paying the nine 90 month to get access to these brains. 24 seven is an easy choice. It's a great promo. <laughs> I mean, it is a great brand. I got plenty more. I got, we could have a trash talk stories channel. We really could. You uh, are an endless wealth of trash talk stories. Luke Mancope says, what are some of your most anticipated football matchups in the Big Ten? Hmm. I mean, obviously, I think Michigan, Michigan State, October 21st, night game in East Lansing. That'll be pretty hype. But I think outside of that, probably, probably Penn State, Ohio State. I'm really high on Penn State this year. I think that quarterback's the real deal. Uh, they got the running game. I think the defense is really good. I'm really, I think, I think that'd be the game for me. And it sucks that that's a noon game. I'm pretty sure. I, you know, I thought it was going to be like a night game in Happy Valley, Ohio State. Like we know how that goes. Uh, but I think that's the Big Ten matchup that comes to mind for me uh, right away. Yeah, outside of just the rivalry, obvious ones. Um, I'm going to pick a team that has a non-con game, but Ohio State goes to South Bend to play Notre Dame. Can't wait for that game. Uh, I was looking at Notre Dame's schedule, by the way. (laughs) This is going to be a longer tangent now, but uh, they host USC. They go to Clemson. And there's another really big home game. Do you know who it is? I'm trying to remember who it is. Mm. Now I just forgot it. Not that I know of. I will be in South Bend for Notre Dame, Central Michigan. That's exciting. I think it's Central Michigan. I'm literally looking up their schedule right now because I know there's like another huge one that I'm missing. Um, oh, they're fi- this isn't even the big one. Their final home game of the season cart is uh, Wake Forest. Is it at Wake Forest? No, it's at home. But Sam Hartman's senior night is against Wake Forest in South Bend. They host USC and Ohio State this year. And then they go on the road to Clemson. Um I'm just going to say it. Now we're going on a tangent, not Luke's comment, but Card, I think I'm a Notre Dame football fan this year. Hmm. It'd be great. Didn't we have like an episode where we talked about teams outside the top 10 that we think could make the run? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Notre Dame, Notre Dame was the pick. I So I'm obviously not like rooting for them because I can't have too many teams that are all rivals of each other, but uh, I will be betting on Notre Dame football every game this year. I think they're legit, and I think Sam Hartman will probably win the Heisman Trophy if they win, like, 11 games. Very true. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's running back was committed to Michigan State. Yeah. You lost him because of K-Dub, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's – so do you take that trade-off, though? You take yeah. the year Kenneth Walker had over this guy. That that year did so much for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, these last two years – the last year sucked, obviously. But if it wasn't for that year, I would – it's I would be in hell. Yeah. Well, uh, should we, by the way, should we donate like 20% of our discord revenue towards Michigan state football? I heard Mel won't be competitive until he gets a little more money. So should we do our part? And for those keeping track at home, that is two straight episodes where we got a Mel mention out of Gregory. Let's see. It's on, well, it's, I'm just, it's on us for him to get his football team competitive, right? It's not on him or the coaches or the player. It's Uh, not, it's not, it's not not on us. Well, he, he needs us to pay him to do what he can do, right? Yeah, sometimes you got to put the pressure on the donors. It's it's on us. Uh, 
I'm just I, I've just seen enough of the 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 influencers, the Michigan State influencers. Influencers say it's my job for Mel Jug. Mel, talk. Jesus, I can't talk. Let's move on. Tristan said in honor of Rondé Hollis Jefferson putting the country of Jordan on his back. What was the most? Where the bleep did that come from? Individual performance from a basketball player. It's got to be Spike. Yeah, that was mine. I'm glad you said it. Yeah, I think Spike for me. And yeah, it's got to be Spike. Even though his Twitter likes look like Ron DeSantis's, uh, that that performance is special. Friend of the show, for the record. Friend of the show, Spike Albrecht. Um, yeah, I, the, the cool thing about that one was that like you had watched him all year. He hadn't done that. Like there was no sign that was coming, even though he was like a lovable little recruit, like you're rooting for him. There wasn't like a a pre preface to this. It was just like, holy yeah. shit, he's doing and it. And it was, and it was literally in the, was it, was that, was that the national championship or the final four? It was national championship. The that's fact, it, the fact that that crazy. was wasted, the fact that that was wasted is crazy. Cause if, if Michigan had just found a way to win that game, we look back on that as like the all timer, all time performance. And instead mm-hmm. Luke Hancock gets that gesture. And I still watch the spike highlights like once a year and just can't believe it's cause he's not even just like hitting open shots card. He's like, He's cooking off the dribble with like scoop layups over Gorgie Jang. <laughs> and like if someone no if sense. someone could access my tweets from back then, <laughs> there wasn't a person that could tell me that Luke Hancock was an NBA player. Oh wow. That's a that's quite a stance from you. Yeah, I, don't on, how, I don't know if I feel good about it, but I know it's out there. Ulamog says, What's the deal with the Marquette hype? Do they have new players coming in? They were 0 and 3 against the Big Ten last year. Can we save that for the top 25 segment we're gonna do? Yes. Okay, and final comment from Trevor Salee. He says, what is the current, quote, bandwagon team? Past years have been Gonzaga, Houston, Marquette, and even Arizona. Bandwagon? Is that for us personally or just in general? I think he means in general. Um, Yeah, like who's who's the team like the public is going to get behind is like this is the team this year. Can be, it won't be Purdue. He might just mean us now that I look at it, because last year was definitely Arizona, and Arizona's on this list. That's true. I, is it weird that I could see people getting behind Michigan State? No, I think that is a good one publicly. Um, like, I can see the public getting behind Michigan State. I think for us personally, it's got to be a Big 12. Is it Kansas State again? I think I'm still looking for someone lower tier to rise into this. Uh, candidates for me right now. Auburn, if Aiden Holloway is who I think he is, Auburn, Auburn Man. is one. Uh, St. Mary's, I know that's going to sound crazy to you, but Aiden Mahaney, I'm in on Mahaney, man, and I'm also in on St. Mary's, making sure we never talk about Gonzaga again. That's ongoing, I'm and in. then three. Uh, this one's a little higher up, but I might be in on Florida Atlantic. I'm might. in on Florida Atlantic. Uh, can I add a fourth into that? Of course. Can we be in on Texas? <laughs> I don't Please. know why I'm laughing so hard. You, can't, you don't get to do this every year, though. Like, you don't you don't care. The, the whole point of this is, like, the, our bandwagon team has to be dependent on the players and the coach. And, like, you're just – you want Texas every single year. No, no. I like the players. I like the coach. Talk me into Dylan DeSue again. Like, Come on, Dylan Mitchell, Max Smith, Tyrese Hunter. I do like those players. <laughs> yeah, come on. Cade Shedrick, he looks like me. 
I like those players more than any other previous iteration of Texas, but you don't get to do Texas every year. Like, <laughs> can they make a sweet 16 first and then we can get in on them? Like, where's the Shaka? You hate Shaka. You don't hate Texas? No. And they need to get there. They're just getting rid of the, the Shaka stench. It's just starting to wear off finally. They also did make the Sweet 16 last year. <laughs> That's on me. All right, let's get to the, the topics today. Thank you to the Discord. Shout out to all the comments. Uh, again, the, the little twist on everything we're doing, we're reading the comments from the Discord every single day. We're reading one comment. More specifically, Carter is reading his favorite comment every day from the YouTube, so feel free to keep commenting there. And uh, if you refer a friend to the Discord, Tell us who that friend is, and the friend confirms it. I'll buy you a jersey if you get that in before Saturday. That goes for new Discord members and previous Discord members. First topic today, I'm in a Michigan quarter zip cart. It's been a while since I've felt compelled to wear something Michigan in my house. Call me a Fairweather fan, whatever you want. That's fine. Uh, there's a little energy in my household as far as my Michigan basketball fandom goes. This morning, we got a commitment over the weekend. That would be Leah Leisha. I believe that's actually how you say it, not Aaliyah. But again, I'm just going to botch that this whole episode. Argentinian forward slash center. Really like his game. We talked about his game last week. I'll actually give you credit. You were very objective and said a lot of nice things about him based on the tape that you saw. In fact, when we went to clip that after he committed, it was all you talking and saying nice things about Leah Leah. So that makes me feel good. But uh, not only is he now in a Michigan uniform, his commitment has opened the door for something else to happen here. So let's start with Aaliyah. Uh, This might just be repeating what we said the other day, but now that he's a Michigan commit, has your opinion of Michigan as a team changed at all with Aaliyah in the fold? See, so this is where I think it separates, and this is where I don't think I I made it known um, how how I felt about this. Lelia, the player, I'm very much in on. Like, I think he's a really, I think he's a good, he'll be a good college basketball player. And I've seen enough people mention that he could one day be an NBA player. I see it, like the skill sets there. So I could see that happening eventually. Not sure if it'll be later or quicker or like when it'll happen, but I could see it happening. Still, though, as, as you know, we're a podcast that prides ourselves on roster fit. I don't know. If, I don't know how he necessarily fits into this roster. It just seems to be a kind of a, a conglomerate of fours, to be honest. Um, so yes, it's a little bit clunky as far as roster fit, and I don't know how he'll necessarily be used. But getting a player of that caliber this late in the cycle, it's automatic take. You don't think about it. If he wants to come, you take him. Obviously, he has talent. And you figure out what you're going to do with the roster. But Juwan's going to have some things to figure out. He's going to have to push the right buttons. And, you know, uh, speaking for me personally, I've never seen Juwan as a guy who's like a push the right buttons type of guy. He's more so a get talent type guy. Uh, You might feel differently about that. But, uh, yeah, I just I think it's a good ad. It's a must take. It's something that all Michigan fans should be happy about. I will say that at the end of the day, Michigan fans should be happy about it. You should throw uh, wipe the dust off your quarter zips and throw them back on. You can be proud now. But I'm very interested to see how this fits because, you know, when you talk to most Michigan fans, the first thing they say is that, oh, we're good. We're going to play all those guys and then play Trey Jackson at three. And that just makes me want to put you down with Nebraska and Minnesota at the Big Ten. 
if that's going to be the mindset. So hopefully that's not the mindset of Michigan staff, but uh, I'm not sure if you feel the same. Yeah, a couple of things. I think that getting talent is pushing a button. Like you, you say, he hasn't been good at pushing the button. I, 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 meant, I meant more so pushing the buttons as far as with when he has the roster. Like yeah, getting, that's, the, most, that's getting the most out of his rosters. I'm not here to argue that he didn't get the most out of last year's roster. And you could say the same thing about the year before. Although, again, when it mattered most at the end of the year, he definitely got the most out of that roster. So um, I think... But I, I think it's very fair to say, like, there, there's there's many different ways to build a good college basketball team. Like, coaches do it differently. The best coaches in the world can do all the ways. Jawan Howard's not the best coach in the world. Surprise, surprise. But it, do I know that Jawan Howard can build good teams? Yes, he can. He, we have seen him do that before. Let's not say we haven't seen Michigan be good under Jawan Howard. It has happened before, and it happened because... He pushed the button to get Mike Smith and Sean D. Brown and play big roles on a team that had to fill some gaps. This year's team, I like the makings of in a lot of ways, but you called out their biggest red flag. It's that they don't have a, a starting small forward and they're going to try and play Trey Jackson there and it's going to be an abject disaster. <laughs> and I'm the only Michigan fan, I think, that's willing to say that. And if you want to call that hate, fine. I call it objectivity. We have four years of Trey Jackson's career on paper now of bad basketball. Like those are the results of Trey Jackson's career under four different coaches and now three different programs. He's been a bad basketball player. So if Michigan's plan is to start him at a position he's never played and play him 30 minutes, uh, I don't think that's going to go well. But here's the thing, though. A couple things. One, I don't know for sure that that's going to be the end result. That might be the the starting lineup on day one of the season cart. I don't think I would bet on Trey Jackson being the starting small forward at the end of the year. I think there's at least multiple candidates for them to avoid this and get around that. Two, if we just forget about small forward, which you can't do, I know that, but if we just forget about that position and we just look at Doug McDaniel and Namari Burnett and Kamwa and Reed and now Aaliyah, throw him into that fold of a core of guys who, other than Kamwa, Doug, Namari, Reed, Aaliyah all have multiple years left at Michigan. Suddenly that looks like a foundation of a good team, right? Like if there wasn't a gaping hole at the three, I think that's the foundation of a really good basketball team in the Big Ten. Maybe not a national title contender, but like a a top-tier team in the Big Ten if they just had a good small forward. Yeah, so a couple things for me. Because I could see I could see this also. Th- this is the first thing that came to my mind. I'd be interested to know your thoughts on it. Is there a world where Aaliyah uh, takes over Terrace's spot? And let's say Aaliyah has a really good year, like a year that gets him on the draft boards. He leaves in the first round pick, but Terrace is upset and you lose Terrace. Is that not something that happens? Because that's where that's where my mind went to immediately when you got him. I don't think that's the case. Um, look, I can obviously be wrong and I'm a body language PhD guy. I'll call it out if I see it coming. Uh, I don't think Terrace is wired that way. Like, first of all, Terrace committed to Michigan. 100 Dickinson in theory had two years left at Michigan. So I don't think he was worried about that necessarily right away. And two, I think Terrace Reed is better than Leah Leah right now. I think, uh, I think Aaliyah's trajectory at Michigan is much more a year two breakout guy than it is a year one. He overtakes somebody in the starting lineup. Like he's going to take Kamwa's spot after Kamwa leaves, probably be really good. 
and be a, a sophomore leap guy that suddenly might be on the NBA radar in 24 months. Is is Llewellyn like healthy? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Because like in a in a world where if I'm if I'm have my Juwan quarter zip on, uh I'm throwing Doug Llewellyn, Namari, and Kamwa and Terrace as my five. Yeah, that's an option for sure. And your whole, and 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 Llewellyn might actually be, you know, we all we always talk. Obviously, he was hurt last year, so it didn't happen. But like year two, up transfers. Yeah, he was our position. He, he was so stinky before he got hurt, though. Is the problem? But um, look, last summer again, I put no stock in this whatsoever. I think I'm the biggest Llewellyn hating Michigan fan there is. Last summer, he was the best player on their overseas trip. Like I saw footage of it. I saw the box scores. Maybe that's why you should throw out overseas results. But he, he on a team with Jet Howard, Kobe Bufkin, and Hunter Dickinson, Jalen Llewellyn was the best player for three games overseas. Whatever he had there did not translate when November came around, and then he got hurt. So we have to see. But like I said, there's options, right? Because you basically have a bunch of wild cards that you just need one of them to hit. And then I think Michigan's legit a good team if one of these four things happens. If Llewellyn's healthy and good, and you can start three guards, there you go. Your team's good. If Yusuf Kaya breaks out, not saying it's going to happen, but wouldn't be the first time we've seen a guy who didn't crack a rotation as a freshman be a star as a sophomore at Michigan. There's still flashes of things to like upside wise with Kyat. Number three, if George Washington, the third is like a playable 25 minutes a game guy, don't need him to be a superstar. I know you're smirking at that, I but like, smirk. well, you did, but like if oh, let's just, let's just say GW three is a 40% shooter from three, like at bare minimum, he's a good shooter. Can't you get away with him just being the, the three guard or putting Damari at the three and having him play the two. Can you get like super watered down Fletcher lawyer minutes from GW three is Michigan's backcourt starting backcourt next season. <laughs> Doug he's and George small. Washington. Both those guys are so tiny. He's not small at all. He's not small. George, George Washington. Do you think he's like five eleven? <laughs> he's six foot. Maybe. No, he's not. No, he's yes, not. He is. No, he's not. He's taller than that. You can you can research that. I'm not even going to dignify that with researching that because I know you're wrong on that. And then, uh, yeah, four wild card number four is the one that I'm least confident in cart, but it's Trey Jackson being good. I think he's bad, but <laughs> if Trey Jackson is good, then but don't you think like what would you say if you're building a parlay back to our parlay six one six one by the way yeah that's not six foot. Uh, <laughs> if you're building a parlay or whatever you call it of those four options. What's the percentage chance one of those four hits? Out of what? Doug, Namari, yeah. George? Doug, Namari. Well, no, because it wouldn't be Namari. Namari we're counting as good. It would be okay. out of Llewellyn being starter level good, George Washington the third being starter level good, Yusuf Kaya being starter level good, Trey Jackson being starter level good. I'd won. Huh? <laughs> one one of them what's the percent chance though like because i'm i'm not asking you to pick which one you like the most they only need one i'm just saying like is it greater than 50 percent that one of those four guys is a good starter i think oh, yeah. it is i yeah, think yeah, it yeah. is just one of them right yeah you only need yeah. one you don't that's yeah. the thing is michigan is now in a spot where you like everything else on their roster enough you only need one of those four lottery tickets to hit you don't need 
three. You don't need two. You don't need four. You need one. And if if one of those four is a starter, this team's really good on paper. Define really good. Three man weave had them twenty third, I think, in their countdown. Some of them voted them that high. For real? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jimothy. Actually, God, I, man. I that might not have been where they ended, but I know two of them had them like top in the twenties. Jim had them a lot lower. Okay, having them in twenty fives and top twenty five. That's that's malpractice. If one of those four guys is good, I don't think it is because the other four are good. Doug, Namari, Kamwa, Reed, Ali are good. It's true. Can we pivot this to to what I think this means, though? The more interesting part of this to me? Please. So as we've just discussed, there's a massive hole at one position for Michigan, right? Small forward. Bad. Wide open. Nobody knows. If only there was a recruit who was back in recruitments, opening his recruitments, because he wants to play at a school where there's no competition at his position. And oh, by the way, his position just so happens to be small forward. Interesting. If only, Cart, if only that recruit had ties to the country of Argentina, which I don't know if you know this, Cart, is where Michigan's latest commit, Leah Leah, Leah Leisha, is from. If I was going to go conspiracy mode, just like if I had like a top hat, a mustache on, one would say there is no better situation for what Marcus Adams wants than what Michigan could offer him right now. Marcus Adams, top 50 recruit, committed to Kansas, decommitted from Kansas, committed to Gonzaga, decommitted from Gonzaga. Nobody knows if he can play this year. He needs to get a waiver in order to do so. Regardless... If he committed to Michigan, he would be the most talented wing on this roster without a question. And I think, Cart, there's a real chance this could happen. I really do. Well, I just missed the days when four competitors only was a thing. Isn't that the mantra? It's the fake mantra. Oh, it's not? Yeah. We don't okay. like competition. <laughs> we, we do not like competitors. No. <laughs> uh, Greg, I got to say this, and you know how I, you know how I always come on here. Obviously, I give credit where credit is due to Michigan recruits and Michigan players in that regard. Marcus Adams doesn't do it for me. Maybe you got to send me something where I see it. I, I just don't think he's that that great, to be honest. I think Kansas's staff would agree with you. The rumblings that came out were not that uh... – they were upset about that loss. That also, was more of a, also at least from what I've seen. Is he six six? Yeah, I think he strikes me as a guy who would be more utilized as like being a, a college small ball four instead of a three. Uh, Perfect. I don't know. I just wasn't. I just I wasn't that impressed with what I saw. Oh, he'd be best at the four, but he's going to play the three. That's exactly what Juwan Howard wants. <laughs> it's perfect. I don't know. Um, I just, it just yeah, he just doesn't. I, I, so I, if, I I'm a Michigan, if I'm a Michigan guy, I'd rather throw my eggs in the yo-yo basket than the Marcus Adams Jr. basket. But wouldn't you rather have the choice? Because it's it's yes. basically a yes, it, I do. it's basically a no risk proposition for Michigan. Um, now, I'm not saying Marcus Adams is going to be a slam dunk good college player. In fact, I'm saying the opposite of that. There's disaster potential with him, no doubt. Uh, Kansas essentially didn't want him anymore; thought he couldn't cut it. Then he goes to Gonzaga on a team where, yeah, they have more dudes than Michigan does. I don't think Gonzaga has a ton of great wings. Like Dusty Stromer is their best wing and a couple 
couple other like Dusty Stromer-esque guys like Marcus Adams didn't want to compete with those guys. I don't know. That's a little scary for a top 50 guy who's afraid of those guys. But uh, Michigan doesn't have anything. Like that's the point here is that if Yusuf Kayat is the only small forward on the roster, no offense to Yo-Yo, there is no competition. There's nothing. There's no one you would need to worry about if you're Marcus Adams. And supposedly that's what Marcus Adams wants. Now you can flip this and say Marcus Adams is delusional and he might be a toxic personality and he's not a guy you'd want in your locker room to which I say, yeah, that's probably accurate to which I also say, this is the same coaching staff that was willing to risk their entire tenure on Caleb love three months ago. Like we are not in a position as Michigan basketball to turn down guys who might be toxic locker room guys, because we're going to start Trey Jackson at the three. No, like we need talent. That's still what Michigan needs. And uh, look, he's not a season savior. He wouldn't come in and be like an all conference guy. Nothing like that. He might not even play in year one, but that, that two year and on core that I just talked about that I think is genuinely really good. Doug McDaniel, Terrace Reed, Leah, Leah, Namari Burnett. That's the guys you're working with. If you threw Marcus Adams in that group, suddenly I think there's a lot to like for the next two years of Michigan basketball. So I think they're going to be fast. Is in that core? No, he's not. Cheddar? No, he's not. COVID year Terrence Williams? No, he's not. I want to keep going down the list. There's a lot of guys that I don't consider part of the core of Michigan basketball. Uh, uh, last thing, do you think Michigan actually makes a phone call here? Do you think they're actually interested? Yeah, I do. Do you think I, they have a real shot? Because uh, I, I think if they're interested, they have a great shot. I do. I do because I think that at this point, anyone, I, cause I don't think there's anybody really interested in them. So I think if someone shows interest. The guy had Bill Self and Mark Few. In the same offseason, and now nobody wants him? Well, I think I I would read the writing on the wall if I'm any coach. If they didn't want him, why would I want him? Okay. All right. If two two coaching greats did not want him, why would I want him? I think Michigan has a great chance here. Also, I don't think Mark Few didn't want him. I think Marcus Adams didn't want Mark Few. I think it was the opposite for Kansas. But uh, what would you – final Michigan question for me, what would you – if this was the last, like it, th- their 13 guys end up being Leah Leah and Marcus Adams. Those are last minute, end of August, early September ads. What would you give Juwan Howard as like a roster builder based on those moves this offseason? That would mean their, their transfer class after all the NBA guys left, after Hunter abandoned them, what he would have done is gone out and got Olivier Kamwa, Namari Burnett, Trey Jackson. Leah, Leah, and Marcus Adams. Uh, probably like a B. Okay. B, yeah. I think a okay. lot of that B is in in Kamwa, Namari, Leah, Leah. Okay. I would feel a lot better about it if Marcus Adams was in the fold. I would just say that. Let's move on. The Athletic dropped a top 25. And it's all over the place. <laughs> That's the way I would describe it. Uh, just a couple things to identify from this immediately. Marquette, second overall. The same Marquette team that just lost to Michigan State in the round of 32 pretty comfortably. 
And I don't know if you know this card, Michigan State returns everybody, but Joey Hauser, Marquette returns everybody, but uh, Omax. Omax. And Michigan State brings in essentially the best recruiting class in the country that's not Kentucky's. Marquette brings in nobody, pretty much. So it, fascinating there that Marquette had a Michigan State. Um, going down the list, Illinois and Wisconsin, 14th and 15th. That makes four Big Ten teams in this top 25, four in the top 15. Michigan State is at sixth on the list. Purdue is at fourth on the list. And then there's a lot of other things you could maybe nitpick at this that we might get to in a moment. What are your impressions of this? Is this a good list? And what are your biggest gripes? Uh, it, this this list is not that great, to be honest with you. And uh, before I get into this, I just want to send a shout out to CJ Moore because for the folks out there who don't know, CJ Moore can hoop. When I hooped with him at the Final Four, uh, it explains to me kind of why he's honestly that high on Marquette. He hoops like Tyler Kolick a lot. Uh, so that that kind of explains the Marquette love, I think. Uh, is that an insult or a compliment? Because you don't, a, like, a, you don't like Tyler Kolick, though. I like I like CJ Moore. I don't like Tyler Kolick. But okay. CJ Moore hoops like Tyler Kolick. Okay. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say that. Um, yeah, this there's a lot of baffling decisions on this list. You brought up the Illinois-Wisconsin top 15. Uh, when making a list, it's extremely hard. You know that, Greg. Like it's it, not everyone's going to agree with the list. That's that's part of you know the backlash or the what comes with the game with making lists. But there's moments where you make lists and you put teams in certain spots, and it's like you can't make an argument for that team. There's no world where in a preseason ranking, when you're looking at what teams did in the offseason, what teams done this you know, whole summer and what they did based on last year that Illinois and Wisconsin should be top 15. It's just not, that's, that's just wrong. That's a mistake. I think they should look back at that and see that that's a mistake. Uh, the other one that I noticed as well, I don't think, I think Texas is 23 is too low. Texas should be higher and Virginia should be nowhere near the 20, the 25. Okay. There's a lot of people that are in on Virginia in a way wow. you and I aren't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe Kihei Clark gone. People excited about that. I don't know. Um, so uh, huh, where to start here? I think this list is horrible. I think building <laughs> lists is hard. Okay. I, I think building lists is not fun. It's not easy. Uh, I In some ways, it's a pointless exercise. But at the same time, like lists are fun. We should build more lists. That's fine. This year in college basketball you're not going to feel good about this list, no matter who you put in there. Like I think outside of the top six consensus, maybe top seven, top eight, if you want to lump like Kentucky in there. Um, I, I think it's a total shit show for lack of a better word. Like from nine through 25, you're going to be picking teams. You don't feel good about in their spot. It just is what it is. And I would encourage anybody blasting this list to try to make their own list. Cause I think when you go through and try to put teams in spots, you're going to end up with decisions like maybe uh, is Illinois 14th. I don't know. Like there's not teams you like much better than them on paper when you start to do it. However, this list violated some like non-negotiables for me, which is why I have an easy time saying this is a horrible list. There's no world at all. There is no outcome on this planet. If we simulated it a thousand times, there's no world where Marquette finishes second in the country. There's no world. They're the second best team in the country at any point this season. They're just not, they're not more talented than Duke. They're not better 
as a, a roster put together or better than last year's version of Purdue, let alone this year's version of Purdue. They're not deeper or better than Michigan State. They didn't upgrade as well as Michigan State did this offseason, and they just got beat by Michigan State. So, like, there, there is just no justification for the hype on Marquette being that high. You could talk me into Marquette, like, seventh, maybe, and I have no issue with that. If you want to put them as high as fifth, I wouldn't even complain. Ahead of Coach du- Gregory? Chaka Smart. Ahead of Duke, Purdue, and Michigan State is just absurd. And I know that Vicini and C.J. Moore – are great basketball minds. I don't understand why they like Marquette so much. Uh, I don't get Tennessee over Michigan State. Don't get that at all. I Again, I, I think there's a non-negotiable top five. Michigan State's fifth in that for me. Like, I don't understand it. Why is Tennessee ahead of Michigan State? Do you have any idea how Tennessee could possibly be ahead of this team in this exercise? The only thing I can think of is that Tennessee is going to be one of the older teams in the country. Like Muscovy's playing his ninth year. Ziegler's been there forever. They're not as old as uh, Michigan State. Josiah, Jordan, James, like. But that's I mean, Mich- if you're, if you're asking me, should, if you're asking me, should is there any world where Tennessee should be ahead of Michigan State? No, no, that's the simple answer. No, I don't think I, Tennessee fans. I don't. I don't think Tennessee fans will put their own team over Michigan State. Yeah, I just don't get it, and I, I guess. If you ignore Michigan State's freshman class coming in, then I guess Marquette and Tennessee would make sense. But it totally ignores one of the biggest reasons why I'm excited about this Michigan State roster. And then going down the list, like, okay, we have to talk about Illinois and Wisconsin. If I was doing this exercise, would I have Illinois or Wisconsin in the top 25? No, I would not. Again, do I think it's crazy? maybe a little Wisconsin more than Illinois, like Illinois talent. At least you can talk yourself into like, okay, if you're buying Ty Rogers as a breakout guy, whatever. Um, and Terrence Shannon's still on this roster and Terrence Shannon is awesome. Coleman Hawkins is a guy. The NBA might want to get their hands on. Not a lot of teams have that. Wisconsin makes no sense to me. They bring everybody back from a team that stunk last year. They're 15th because, coach? because they bring everybody back. Greg guard. What is that? Is that just the game now for everybody is who is their coach? No, but it plays a big factor sometimes. I'm just letting it be known. Like, I, I, Not to cut you off, G, but like I would listen to Illinois top 25 arguments based on the reasons you said. I would listen to it based on the fact that they got TSJ back and got Coleman back, have Danger back, got some pieces. I would listen, I would listen to it. You, I would hear an argument for that. If you came up to me and saw an unsuspecting Carter in the corner of a coffee shop with a sleepers hat on, and you go, oh, you're Carter from sleepers. I wanted to bounce this idea off of you. I think Wisconsin should be a top 25 team. I would graciously say, stop right there. Thank you, but no thank you. I'm going to remove myself from this situation because you're not okay, and I hope you get the help you need. What are we talking about here? And you got them top 15, scene, CJ. My boys, ball knowers, I put you in that category. Come on, man. Wisconsin 15, do you like cheese curds that much? That's what it's got to be. Madison's got you in a trance because it ain't what happened. It ain't it ain't the product on the floor. I know A.J. Storr didn't boost this team that much, and I like the addition of A.J. Storr. But come on now. You're the biggest Tyler Wall guy on the planet. <laughs> if you're saying this, then... Yeah, I just I don't get it. They were bad last year. Like you have to buy that everybody's better and looks totally different. They I weren't think. bad until Tyler Wall got hurt, though. They were I good guess. to start the season. They weren't top fifteen good. Like Chucky yeah, Hepburn's the point guard. They were. 
No, they no, they weren't. Yes, um, they were. No, they not top fifteen in the country. Good. No, they were not. Like, bro, that that first stretch of the season. Yes, they were. They were like fringe top twenty five cart at best. I, I swear we can dig up the number. If they were top fifteen, good until Tyler Wall went down, then they should be fifteenth this year. <laughs> like, well, it was like it was like a two week stretch. <laughs> I just I don't know. I can we go through? Here's a list of teams that are underneath Wisconsin and Illinois by default. But I'm more mad about Wisconsin, Kentucky. Kentucky is worse than Wisconsin with that recruiting class and with Antonio Reeves back and with Trey Mitchell. No, Gonzaga worse than Wisconsin. I'm a big time Gonzaga hater. Don't love this roster. Don't think they're great. They still got RJ Nemhard, and they still got the, like, I like Nolan Hickman more than anything. Wisconsin has moving on uh, North Carolina, RJ Davis and Armando Baycott. I get it. They underwhelmed last year. Those two guys are way better than anybody on Wisconsin's roster. And like the reason North Carolina was mediocre might've left the building. Nobody left Wisconsin that would maybe make everybody better. Uh, Texas, Max Asmus, Tyrese Hunter, all the guys Carter likes, Dylan Mitchell. Like I, I just can't process. There's a lot of actual good teams that do belong in the like 10 to 15 range. That aren't Wisconsin. There's other big 10 teams I would put in there. Give me Maryland better than Wisconsin. Give me Ohio State better than Wisconsin. Like, And listen, man, we're probably going to, like, God forbid this finds its way to some higher-ups that are important in the Big Ten. We might lose some opportunities for this segment. But shit, man, like, we're not going to lie to the people, okay? We're the biggest Big Ten people out here. We got Wisconsin in the top 15? What in the Andy Cats are we doing right now? Uh, Okay, anybody that's not on this list you think does belong in a positive sense? Uh, Well, shit. It, it, Wisconsin's at 15. There's a lot of teams that got an argument to be up in here. Uh, I think Kansas State should be. I think Kansas State should be with the additions that they have. Uh, I like Tyler Perry. I still think that Maryland should be in there, too. I think that Maryland's going to be really, really good this year. Um, but those, it's it's more so the teams that are so high on it. Like, the Kentucky, <laughs> just even saying it out loud makes me giggle that Wisconsin is better than Kentucky. It's just they're not. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, Alabama's not on this list. That's crazy. It was, it was UCLA in the top 25? UCLA was 20th. 20th, okay. Yeah, Al- Alabama's not on this list. That feels crazy to me. Uh, Colorado isn't on this list, and I would like to see them in, like, at least the 20s. Um, but, again, I don't know. Looking at this list, I'm just kind of – like, Baylor's 10th, and Baylor got way worse from a team that wasn't 10th last year. So, I don't know. I uh, – I didn't expect this from CJ Moore and Vicini is what I would say. I like those guys. This is, this is weak and lists are hard, but this is weak guys. And this like is it. hard, but you got to take the layups, man. Like put Michigan state top five, take the layup. Purdue's way better than fourth, by the way, but that's for another day. Oh, God. Right, can on. we do, we're going to do big 10 busts. We've done a lot of like big 10 best backcourt, best frontcourt, breakout guys, et cetera, et cetera. This should be fun. And I'm sure we won't get yelled at at all. Who are players we think are going to bust guys that are either in line to be breakout guys or guys you're just selling that you don't think are going to be as good as people might project them to be. I asked you to bring three names. I also brought three names. I'm very curious how many of our three are the same. You want to go first? Can I get your criteria quick, quickly? I didn't have much of a criteria to be honest. I just went like team by team and what I landed on 
are three guys that are going to be starters on teams I think will be at least decent that I think are going to be objectively bad in the role they're asked to play for their team. Okay. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go first here. Let's go one by one on this. Um, my first one was Doug McDaniel because I know in this, and this doesn't have all to do with Doug McDaniel. So here's my criteria. I think it's that players that are actually good. Like I think these players are good. But I think because of the situation they're in or because of things they're asked to do or maybe maybe they're not going to be shown in as good of light as they should because of things around them. And I think Doug might fall into that category. Um, I you know, if you put a lineup of Doug, Namari, Trey Jackson, Olivier Nkama, and Terrace Reed, like that's just that's a lineup with no shooting to me. Doug's not a shooter himself. I think Doug can be a serviceable three-point shooter, but he's like a tough shot maker, not necessarily a knockdown shooter. I just think there's a world where Doug also mentally tries to do too much and it doesn't, and the, and the product won't look as good because of the players around him. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a Doug stan. I, I don't know what you want from me here. I'm not going to. Are you? <laughs> yeah, yep. You pick Braden Smith over him? Yeah, because Braden Smith's really good. You're not a true stand, man. I mean, I'm not going to come on here and lie, but I'm not going to come on here and act like I expect Doug to be bad. Like, I think if if the world is Doug needs to do too much, I'm very excited to see that world. I want to see Doug trying to do too much. I, I want need that, that world. <laughs> I need that. Like, if if at least it's not Caleb Love, right? If Doug just gets to play the Caleb Love role on this team, I'm in heaven. I love it. I don't know how good they're going to be, but I can't wait to see it. Okay. You want me to go next? You're not doing all three of yours? I guess we should do all three because we might have a match one. My second one is Connor Asijan. He was in consideration for me, but I he, he was the fourth, the first cut. And and this is another one where I think I the kid is extremely talented. I think he needs to get out of Wisconsin. I I, I just don't think that's a spot for him. He needs to go somewhere else. I would love Connor Asijan on this year's Indiana's team, by the way. That would have been – that. Him at the two instead of Trey Galloway, I would like that a lot more. But, yeah, I just think that the situation at Wisconsin, yes, they had A.J. Storr, who I'm a big fan of, but I'm just – I'm kind of off the Chucky Hepburn, like, whatever train you want to call it. I don't think that a CJ gets to show himself in the best light that he can because he has to play with Hepburn. And just in the Wisconsin system alone, I just don't know. I, I The Greg Gard, the way the program is going right now, I'm just not buying into this Wisconsin team. And I think it's going to hurt Connor Seijan, who I think is very talented. Yeah, I don't I don't understand the people who expect an Asijan breakout also expecting AJ Store to be really good. Like, I think one of those happens at the expense of the other. And it might be Asijan that wins or it might be Store. I wouldn't really be surprised either way, but... I feel very confident that in a backcourt with Chucky Hepburn, both those guys aren't going to take leaps from what we saw last year. Also, if you put Connor Asijan, you said Indiana. If you put Connor Asijan in a 32-minute-a-game role at the three for Michigan, how good is Michigan? Pretty good. Very good, right? And he's Pretty probably good. like a 14-15-a-game guy. on the, And he grew up a Michigan fan. I'm just, just saying. Continue. Tampering. And the third one, the one that hurt me the most, uh, Budarius Bowie. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. 
I probably should have led with that one. Uh, the, uh, you know, I, as you know, you're talking to the Budarius official podcast here, the Boo Booey fan club. I think you've lost your credentials to that club. I, I, I got to be real. You lose, It's way too many people saying he's going to be better because he doesn't have Audige when Audige actually did things that helped Boo be good, I think. There's a lot of things that Audige did that I think took the pressure off of Boo. And, you know, I like Barnheiser a lot. Um, but outside of that, I'm really, really not in love with the Northwestern team. And I don't know. I just feel like after having such a great year last year, like how does he top last year's year? I think there's naturally going to be some regression. And he's already had hand surgery already. Okay. That hurts. I just, I can't. It hurt. It hurt me to say I'm crying on the inside. It doesn't seem like it hurt you. You seem prepared with that. You had a lot of talking points on that. Um, it hurts. I don't know what to like. Northwestern got, got worse. Like I can't choke. Are you getting up. choked up right now? Chase Adige, man. Chase Adige did help him. That's true. He's also Chase Adige. Like I don't know. Chase was really good last year. I don't expect Northwestern to be great, but I expect Boo to be great. I mean. I don't. I don't think there's a world where Boo's like hurting Northwestern next year, which I think is. Does he regress next year? What does regress mean? He was great last year, so like, just shoot worse. Yeah, shoot worse. Like he's numbers gonna are have just to. Work. He's gonna have no, to. No, no, no. Numbers are just worse. I think his production is going to increase by default. Like he's going to okay. score more a game, no matter what. He just might be way less efficient. I think that too, but I think there's also a world where that those things don't just correlate as easily easily as you think. I don't want to live in a world where Boo Booey averages like 12 points a game. Neither <laughs> do I. I. This podcast won't be around for a really sad reason if that's the case. Not to put pressure on you, Boo Darius, but good lord. Okay, uh, so your list: Doug McDaniel, Connor Asian, Boo Booey. Those are three of my favorite players in the conference. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I did not expect those to be the three names when we did this exercise, but I didn't okay. expect them to be the three answers either. My three are different names. Here we go. Buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. Number one, I'm going in order of how busty I think they're going to be. Boss, but how, oh. how, who's the biggest bust, the least bust? Uh, number one, Ty Rogers. I'm Uh-oh. sorry. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Listen, <laughs> I'm sorry. I am willing to stake my claim and officially exit ownership of I'm a Ty Rogers fan. Uh, I don't, that doesn't mean I still don't like him as a player because truly I think he can be a good player, but I think he's not a point guard. I think he's going to be a horrible point guard. And I think Illinois is going to play him at point guard. So, who do I blame for that? Do I blame Ty? Do I blame the staff? I don't know. All I know is I'm I'm objectively out. I think it will be a disaster if Ty Rogers has to play the point guard. And uh, based on what I saw in Spain, they're going to play him at point guard. Like they're going to run him out like he is a full-time point guard. I don't think it worked. I don't think it passed the eye test. I think you already saw what this does to your team's shooting and spacing when you have a point guard that shoots Shaq-like from the free throw line and doesn't even attempt three-pointers. He's not good enough at the other stuff to be able to do all that and play point. He's just not. If he was like Magic Johnson level passer, rebounder, all the rest, then maybe. He's not. He's just a a decent guy. He's a decent wing. And 
if he was just a decent wing asked to play the wing and you have three more years of him in Illinois, you're really excited about that. Not a starting point guard. This is such a tough ask of him. And, uh, I'm just out. I saw it like we did the top 25, but CJ Moore and Vicini, like in their write up about why they had Illinois 14th, was they finally got Ty Rogers at his position, like buying stock. I'm just rolling my eyes so hard, man. I don't think these guys watched Illinois overseas. Uh, I don't think there's a chance this goes well for Ty at point guard. That pain is going to say there's a lot of players we love that are getting put on these lists. Yeah. Again, truly in my heart of hearts. I love Ty Rogers, the player. If Michigan could get him to start at the three immediately, oh I'd God. be all over that. I'd be all over that. He's not a point guard. Number two. Ooh, okay. Trey Jackson. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that Michigan is the only school that's going to have two guys on our collective six, but that means I'm being honest. It means I'm being honest. Uh, Trey Jackson is going to start for this team at the three, unless they get Marcus Adams last minute. And even if they get Marcus Adams last minute, Trey Jackson might still start at the three because he's 24 before he sets foot in a Michigan uniform. Trey Jackson's bad. I just want to be clear on that. If I'm wrong, I'll eat my words and be happy I'm eating my words. Trey Jackson is a bad college basketball player. We have overwhelming amounts of evidence of that under a bunch of different offensive systems in different uniforms, in different cities, in different positions. He's been bad everywhere he goes. And he's never played more than 18 minutes a game on teams that have desperately needed quality minutes. If you want to point to there was a two-month stretch where he was okay for Seton Hall, who was in the 50s on Ken Palm, I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. Uh, I I think that Michigan fans, by default, have penciled him in as like, oh, he can shoot and there's some NBA upside here and he's he's our best wing. Just because he's better than Michigan's other options at wing does not mean he's not going to be horrible in that role. And we have to own that. We have to desperately want other outcomes to be the outcome. Like if Llewellyn's good, then this never has to happen. If they get Marcus Adams, this never has to happen. But I think uh, if Michigan fans are expecting Trey Jackson to come in and start at the three, it's going to go horrendous. And I think by the end of November, quite frankly, I think you're going to see a timeshare like they did the four last year where Trey Jackson plays 12 minutes and Terrence Williams plays 12 minutes and Yo-Yo plays eight minutes and it looks awful. And Jace Howard's probably involved. So that's what I'm expecting at this point. I know Trey Jackson's probably the only player on this list that's not objectively a good basketball player, but he's going to start and he's going to bust if he has to start. That's a pretty good pick. Nothing to add. Did I, did I encompass everything need to be said there? Yeah, I, honestly, I was just going back on my list a little bit, and I think I should have done more of that that thought process. Like a player maybe being forced or in a position where they're going to play a lot, and I don't think that basketball player is that good. Got it. Okay. And I don't think I went with that. But I, I like but that, I like your pick, though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, saying. You're, the, the, the boo argument was like he's not set up well to succeed this year, though. Like that makes sense. All right, number three. This is, I think, the most controversial one. It's also the one I feel the least good about, but I alluded to it last week briefly and I need to double down. If I'm going to do this, I got to do it. Fletcher lawyer. Mm. Mm. I know know if you're going to go Fletch because I know you brought it up last week. I know I'm going to double down. I have to at this point. Uh, Fletcher lawyer, good player. Guy that I think is the prototypical sophomore slump guy though. And I think Fletch will be a four-year Purdue player who will have 
great moments as an upperclassman, probably will make an all Big Ten team at some point. I still really like this. In fact, I'd really like to see an offense that's like catered to like we want him to be a first or second scoring option because I think there's a lot of upside there. Right now, because they have the best player in the country, Fletcher Lawyer is just in a make shots role. And Matt Painter runs a lot of great stuff. I'm not saying he doesn't run stuff for Fletcher Lawyer. He does. He's got a pass first point guard who's an elite passer. He's got the best big man in the country to play off of. There's a lot of pressure on every other player that's not Braden Smith and Zach Eady this year to just make shots because of how they lost in the tournament. And I, I mean, you saw it. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson was just daring them to beat them with jumpers and nobody could make a jumper. I think that's going to carry into this year. I think there's going to be so much insurmountable pressure on Fletch to just be a 40% plus shooter immediately. And if he slumps at all, the difference between last year's Purdue team and this year's Purdue team is I think there's realistic options who could cut into Fletcher's minutes. Last year, it was just like, we got to play Fletch through this and see what happens. The backup's Ethan Morton. This year, it's, okay, well, we could go to Morton or we could go to Colvin or we could go to Hyde or we could go to... um is it Lance Jones? Like he's, mm-hmm. he looked really good. He was making threes. I just think painter rightfully. So did a good job of adding guys who could find answers to contribute to games. They're not making shots in Fletcher. God bless him. If he's not making shots, he does nothing because you're not going to run offense through him when you have Braden Smith and he can't guard. So I think uh, that's my predictions. We're going to see him slump. We're going to see him struggle mentally a lot. And then we're going to see him overcome that and be really good in a couple of years, but not this year for Purdue. It's been quite the regression from two weeks ago, Fletcher lawyer being the second coming of Kyle guy to uh sophomore slump. But I, I just want to give you your flowers on, I think the great point that you made about how much pressure there is on him to make shots. And re- also just being my body language guy, Fletcher seems like a kid who's at this, at, at, at one point of the season, he seems super confident, but he also seems like the type of player that gets down on himself when he's not making shots. And I think that pressure on top of, you know, everything else that's going on seems like it could have an effect on him. And the point you made about making shots is just so massive because Braden Smith doesn't have to make shots for people to not turn on him. He just has to do other things, which he will do. He'll pass the ball. Even if he has turnovers, it seems like, Brayden Smith, honestly, is in a bulletproof position, I guess, at Purdue. I really don't think he can do wrong. I'm not saying he's like a player who just gets the benefit of the doubt. He is a player that does a lot of things. I think he'll have a good season. But I don't think he can really do any wrong, necessarily, in Purdue fans' eyes or for this team. God forbid he sees a press in the Big Ten tournament again. (laughs) Yeah, true. But at the same time, like you said, there's just so much pressure on just making shots. That's what it is. not defensively. It's not doing anything else. It's being able to throw the ball to the post of Zach Eady. And if he gets doubled and he gets in or painter draws up a look for you, you got to knock down shots. And that's a lot of pressure on a player, um, especially because I think if you look at this Purdue team, lawyer's the number one guy who you're like, this guy needs to make shots for us to be good. Like, so yeah. I, I, I like that pick. I think, you know, this too, from like playing basketball at a higher level than I ever did, but like, there there's a lot of mental stuff that goes into it. Like you have to come in confident and you have to play free almost and know what your role is and trust it. But like when you're a shooter, 
if you're not making shots, it can go south super quickly unless you like do other things to impact the game. And I don't think Fletcher does. And like, I mean, speaking from my personal experience of playing pickup the last decade, if I'm not making shots, I'm not adding a thing to the court. So if I miss my first three, like I'm in shambles, like it, it might just be a pack it up and get home early for dinner type situation. And I think last year, like, we saw Fletch hit the wall, right? Like, it's not like this hasn't happened before. Fletch started missing shots and really struggled for the last month of the season. And he had to play through it most of the time because Purdue didn't have better options. This year, if that happens again, the stuff's going to be loud from Purdue fans. Like, it's just going to be like, we well, can't but, keep playing this guy. But on the flip side of that, positive note, maybe it takes a little bit of pressure off of him knowing he has other guys. Yeah, I mean, if it's one of either Fletcher takes the outlook of, Oh, it's okay. Like miles Colvin can come in. If I'm not playing well, <laughs> I don't think Fletch's going to have, I think Fletch is going to be like, damn, I want this spot. And I might be feeling it slip away because I'm only shooting 30% from three instead of 40. I don't know. We'll see. Last thing. Uh, you kind of called out my Kyle guy comparison. I just want to make this objectively clear. Kyle guy, a sophomore slump guy in Did college. He? Like, not to the level of what I'm saying is going to happen with Fletch, but Kyle Guy's career trajectory, he was like a bench guy as a freshman, uh, played a much smaller role than Fletcher did. Sophomore year, he jumps into the starting lineup, has his worst year shooting from the floor and from three of his years in college. Virginia was really good that year, but that's when they lost to a 16 seed. And then the following year as a junior, he shoots uh, – 49% from twos, 43% from three on seven attempts per game, scores 15 a game, and they win the national championship. So uh, just say, I don't think that kills the guy Fletcher comparison, me saying Fletch could drop Keep it alive. Just, I'm keeping it alive. Let's move to one big thing. Fun episode today, first of all. Shout out to you. You brought, you brought the energy. This is a fun episode. I love when Michigan does good things. What's your one big thing presented by Bigby today? So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I live in Ferndale, which is in Michigan, and we kind of have like a stray cat issue. Like, I don't know if like the cats are actually strays or they belong to people or whatnot. But my one big thing for today is that I need people to stop being so kind in, in this regard. There's people in my neighborhood and on my block who leave out food and water for these stray cats so that they're just like roaming around the neighborhood and on Saturday, as I'm on my way to pick up a pizza for the late night slate, a random cat pops out from under my truck and I jump and I go like that. The, and I look at myself and I'm just like, what am I doing? There's nothing more humbling than getting startled when you're this big and you're just like, look at me. Like, that doesn't even look right. And so stop feeding stray cats. Let them be strays. Let them have that chip on their shoulder. Don't give them any handouts. You shouldn't be feeding stray cats. I shouldn't be walking around my neighborhood just seeing cats everywhere. You're right. First of all, it looks so wrong for you to. Can you do the startle again? <laughs> it looks so like, wrong. Like imagine, like I have my keys in my hand and stuff. So like I, I jangled my keys and like I, like it just it doesn't look right. That looks like if I tried to fight someone, it just doesn't look right. Um, so just to add to the notes here of our get our math our statistician back out from the sleepers podcast last week you were pro animal rights this week you are anti-animal rights i'm anti-stray cats okay versatility from you go find a home <laughs> why don't you give them a home i would but i don't think pierre likes cats cat didn't want to rehome a cat 
there's only there's room for one there's only room for one cat in this house, and that's me. All right, Ram. <laughs> My one big thing, uh, different note here, but I don't understand why champagne bottles are so hard to open. They're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Literally, all you gotta do it. It literally comes with like that wire twist thing. You twist it, and then you just pop it. Yeah. Off. Why do Why do we have a wire to twist? We don't need that. What I is is this, this is, supposed I, to be a spectacle? I think this is indicative of your forearm strength. It needs work. I'm gonna let that slide for record, but uh, I'm not gonna let someone with your short game, your feel around the greens, tell me I need forearm work right now. Uh, so. It, is, is it just spectacle though? I don't get it. Like people just want the pop and the, yeah. the, the Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. that adds nothing. <laughs> wait, that, wait, the, wait, the what? Woo! That adds nothing to my life. Like I just, I, it, there's never been a moment where it's like popping champagne. The pop is what made that fun for me. It's the drinking of the champagne. That's what I want. Like maybe I haven't won enough championships and maybe I'm not pouring champagne on me with goggles on. Maybe I'd feel differently about it when that happens. But on a Saturday night in the Waddell household, we're not doing that. We're just like opening a bottle of champagne so I can bring a glass out to my wife. And this should not be more difficult to open than a seltzer. Okay. Like I don't need the wire. I don't need to rip the the packaging off. And then I don't need the, the pop. All that is annoying to me. It gets in the way. It's impractical by the way because once you pop it you have to drink the bottle quickly there's no good way to reclose the bottle it's all a mess and i'm mad i want to elevate this to the higher ups of the champagne industry there's a i think there's a big missed opportunity for someone to just create bottled champagne like a like a two liter of champagne give me a two liter of champagne and i can promise you i'm spending 60 dollars a week in the waddell family grocery budget on that yeah and i will say this as far as noises go with alcoholic beverages Crack of a beer clears, or crack of a can clears popping of champagne bottles. Without question. Easily. Easy. All right. I feel like you came full circle on that by the end of that, by the way. I feel good about that. Uh, do you feel the podcast. same about, quickly, do you feel the same about wine? Um, No, because I don't think wine's as, I don't think it's the same process to open wine, at least not the wine that I buy. Okay. A lot of the wine I buy is just like either a twist off or, it's easier to pop that. Like I'm, I'm more, it's less about the act of the pop for the champagne for me, even though I hate that part too. It's more about why do we have these wires? Those are pointless. Why do I have to rip the paper off and it gets all on my fingernails? Like all of that is just unnecessary. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. Sleepers podcast. We have four more episodes this week. Surprise, surprise. Uh, week seven of doing this, I think, by the way. Yeah. Basically so. made it two months. Yeah, and our haters have kind of tailed off a little bit. I don't know, I don't know what you guys are doing out there, but yeah. there's, there's no need to hide right now. We're still here. We even had a hater become a fan of the sleepers with a giving us a little Twitter shout out over the weekend. That was nice. Yeah, yeah, making friends out of enemies. Pop the champagne. Anyways, four more episodes this week. Uh, again, join the Discord. Links in the description. Nine ninety nine a month. It's really growing over there. I want to get that to fifty. We need twenty more, and I'll buy you a jersey if you bring a referral. We have, uh, I'm on vacation, so this will really put us to the test of if we get all four episodes done this week, but we're going to try. We will. See it. See you tomorrow.